0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch.
1: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was a bit surprised the other day when I was looking at uh, the weather forecast on my uh, iPhone and uh, they had mentioned that it was going to get cool off for the next four or five days. Uh, here in uh, Vancouver I was actually had put away my winter coat but the number <laughs> the, the temperature is going to be dipping uh, for the uh, next few days uh, which is uh, I guess part of winter but climatologists are predicting the warm warming El Nino climate pattern is cycling its way back and it'll push up global temperatures even higher later this year and through 2024 joining us now to talk about El Nino uh, and uh, um, the climate overall is David Phillips senior climatologist for environment Canada David, thank you for joining us.
0: Well, Jess, thank you for inviting me aboard. Uh, It's uh, always great to talk about the
1: weather. It is, and uh, we seem to be spending a lot more time talking about it. It's had such an impact uh, on our lives. Uh, First and foremost, what does this mean in regards to El Nino coming? What, What will that mean overall for us?
0: Well, Jess, you know, it's a little premature to go there. I mean, I I think it's headed that way, for sure. Mm -hmm. What we don't now is uh, is La Nina. Now, La Nina is the... you've been having this for three years uh, and it's affected certainly your winters, some of the coldest uh, coldest winters and snowy conditions That because of La Nina. This is this body of water in the tropical Pacific, you know, a thousand kilometers away from British Columbia, but it has a profound effect, uh, particularly in Western Canada. When there's a La Nina, I, I would go to the bank on saying what your winters are going to be like. And if it's El Nino, that is the warmer water than normal, mm-hmm. then, um, hey, um, you have usually Balmy kind of uh, of winters and uh, and typically years also are tend to be on the on the milder side. So it's a very important element in, in uh, to to determine what our seasons are going to be. It doesn't really affect so much the day to day weather in terms of forecasting it. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at seasonal forecasts, what the next month, the next season's going to be, the next year, then it really does improve your batting average uh, when it's in between which is something that somebody just recently called "lanada," which means nothing. And that would be when the water temperature in that same body of ocean is, say, between plus 0.5 and minus 0.5. Kind of neutral, normal, it's sort of right in between. And so that's nothing, and so therefore, you don't really get a signal from that. But when it's colder than, than m- minus 0.5, well, and it stays for three months, then it's a La Nina episode. If it's warmer than that, uh, than a half a degree, well, then we give it an El Nino name. But this one, Jazz, has been around for three, month, uh, three years, and we've seen really um, having a profound effect on, on, on climates, not just in Canada. But sometimes it affects droughts in some parts of the world, and sometimes floods here. So it's a very important element uh, to getting the seasonal forecasting right. If you've got an El Nino or La Nina.
1: Well, I th- you, you raise a very good point. If, if we've been in, with we've been dealing with La Nina, and as yes. you say, it includes colder, snowier conditions uh, through BC winters. It's also we've also had very uh, warm summers, even in the midst of a La Nina. And you think about uh, potentially um, the heat dome of 2020. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's one of the reasons it caught my eyes that we're heading into a warmer period and we were supposedly in a cooler period, but we've had some very hot summers even in this yeah. cooler period.
0: Exactly. And, and this is the point, Jazz. You make a really good point because we know the signal between La Niña El Niño in our winters is pretty, pretty strong. Uh, you can almost go to the bank on it. But it doesn't necessarily hold true for our summers. We don't see the kind of signal. If you've got La Nina, what kind of summers do you have? Because you're right. Last year was the warmest summer on record. This year was the third warmest on, 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 on record. Mm-hmm. And that yet we had this year, and, and when we look at British Columbia this year, it was on average about the, in 75 years, the 20th warmest. But it was really two kind of years. You had the winter and the spring that were very cool. I mean, you called it January or Springuary. I mean, mm-hmm. you just couldn't buy a good, decent day there from, you know, from March, April, May, and, and into June. I remember that. And finally, summer came. And oh my gosh, I mean, it was the, I think it was the, the fourth warmest summer on record. Last year was the warmest on record, both of those La, La Nina kind of years. And then the fall... I mean, this past fall was, was somewhat gorgeous. I mean, the w- 10th warmest in 75 years. So, so really, we had a kind of a cool beginning, which fit that La Nina pattern. But the, the, the second half was warmer than normal. But again, there's not that sort of signal between what are, the warm season going to be like from La Nina. Now, the current situation is that we see the, uh, this going to a neutral situation. And so then the normal kind, the model seemed to suggest, well, from neutral in the spring, mm-hmm. because, hey, Lani is dead in the water. It's, it's really finished. And so and perhaps maybe the fact that January has been the first month and three that have been warmer than normal, maybe that's an early signal. I don't know. But certainly we think that the, the, the El Nino, the warmer than normal, is coming. And when you look into history, when you have an, an El Nino year, you have generally your warmest summers, your warmest years are during El Nino years. Your coldest years are during with La Nina years. So for British Columbia, and really a lot of part of Canada, it has a good kind of signal, but very strong in the winter, but so-so in the in summer. So my sense is that, my gosh, what we've seen in the last few, last couple of years, at least, Jazz, is that we've seen some very warm temperatures globally, and yet we had a La Nina, cooler yeah. waters, and it was masking that warmth. So you can imagine how warm it would have been if there had been no um, uh, La Nina. And so this is what has concerned people, uh, climatologists around the world, is that if we're headed to a, an El Nino situation and it becomes a, a strong El Nino, okay, you can have weak ones or moderate or, or strong ones. If the size of the pool of water is large and the water temperatures could be two, two degrees warmer than normal, wow, this will really cook the atmosphere and create even warmer temperatures than we've seen in, uh, in recent years because we've had the La Nina. So this is the kind of concern that climatologists have, is that we get out of this La Nina phase and, and what are we going to see? What kind of a, stick a, stick a thermometer in British Columbia in the summer and what's it going to say, given the fact you've had the, uh, the, the warmest and the fourth warmest in 75 years, and both of those were La Nina summers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, when you think back, back to like a Soyuz uh, temperatures there in the Okanagan, Southern Okanagan hitting in the low 40s that could go oh, higher. Yeah. We've had elected officials here talking about us uh, to getting together in the Metro Vancouver area to making sure we have enough cooling stations now open up in, in the summertime, particularly for seniors. So it does add an, a different layer, uh, not just on the temperature side, but on the public policy side. So how do we uh, um, uh, deal with these situations? The Premier in British Columbia has already said that, look, we've got to have everything has to be seen through the lens of climate change whether it be uh, fighting forest fires or preparing for the forest fire season and even regards to how we build our highways now. So this is all part of that broader conversation.
0: You're so right. It has a profound effect on everybody. And, and, and you know, who who would have thought of, of heat waves like we saw last year in, in British Columbia? I still, I've been in business 55 years, Jazz. Mm-hmm. i shake my head of what we saw last year, 2021, in terms of not just the heat, but the, the drought, the searing forest fires, the flood of floods, the, the, the freezing at the end of the year. I mean, it, it was the year that, that you know, weather assaulted you. And and we know it's just not just day to day weather. The model or the, the science has shown that without human intervention that heat wave would not have been the heat wave it was. Yeah. I mean it was something that would have been just without people would have happened maybe once every 1500 years but with people with the fact that we're contributing to that well i mean you could say it's going to be something like every five to ten years so hey we've got to deal with this a lot better a lot more uh in all sectors than we have in the past it's not just something that it's about the arctic warming up it's about the southern part of Canada, too, facing things that, hey, used to, we used to think this was in Bangladesh or Botswana or Bolivia, no. but my gosh, it's now in Burnaby and Brandon and, and other places in southern Canada.
1: David, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate. appreciate okay, your jazz, visiting nice
0: to be with you.